Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be back in the studio uh, to present this amazing interview with Daniel Ponder that I did at Newport Folk Festival. This will be the first part of a Newport Folk Festival series of interviews uh, featuring the interviews that I conducted at Newport Folk uh, July 28th through the 30th at Newport Folk Festival in Newport, Rhode Island. I'm so glad to be back. I've also been at Lollapalooza in Chicago, and I did a bunch of interviews there with a number of amazing artists, and all those interviews will be coming up after this Newport Folk series, so stay tuned for those. If you are here for the first time to listen to Roadcase, I uh, just want to remind everybody uh, that you can follow us on social media. We're at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Really helps out to uh, to follow us on the socials, and you can find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our website, www.roadcasepod.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at info at roadcasepod.com. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody as well to subscribe to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform. That's really easy to do on Spotify. You just hit that box that says follow. On Apple Podcasts, there's a check mark up in the upper right-hand corner. You just click on that. Uh, and also on Apple Podcasts, really easy to rate and review uh, Roadcase, which really helps out the show. So uh, if you can do that, that would be really amazing. Uh, you just scroll up a little bit, you see a bunch of stars, click on a bunch of those stars, and you can write a review as well. Really helps out the show. So glad to be back here in my comfortable studio in Chicago to present this amazing interview with Danielle Ponder. It was my last interview of the day on Saturday, and we were able to sit down in her green room and have a nice, comfortable chat, which uh, really went uh, much longer than I had expected, really because we really got into it. Uh, we really talked about a lot of uh, personal issues, values, and sort of the living your life with self-acceptance, being in the moment. Um, a lot of the different things that Daniel talks about during her set, which I recently saw at Lollapalooza, it is just uh, an amazing, uh, self-confirming, self-acceptance and uh, self-love fest, if you will. And her fans are just all about that. I could see the reaction of those in the crowd. Uh, it's just absolutely special and wonderful. Um, I cannot say enough about it. Danielle's a wonderful person. Really glad to have her on the show. Uh, her recent album in 2022, Some of Us Are Brave, is just an absolutely amazing album. Please go listen to it. She has a new single out entitled Roll the Credits. Uh, it is just really, really wonderful. So glad that you're all here for this one. It's a special one. Thanks again for being here. And I want to send a special thank you to Danielle Ponder for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. 
Hey, this is Danielle Ponder, and you're listening to Roadcase Podcast. Roadcase Podcast with Josh Rosenberg. That's Josh, the... how are you? I'm great, Danielle. What can I do for you? <laughs> Thanks for having me on your show. What is it? I mean, tell me, Josh. Tell me how's it feel to be here interviewing so many people today. Well, this is my first Newport interview where I've got to come backstage and talk in your lovely, uh, not air conditioned, I would say, but air is definitely blowing back yes, here. Yes, yes. Uh, and you need this the is air. Really, this is really, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm a Schwitzer. I got to tell you. I was going to say, are you German? <laughs> I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. <laughs> so Do that's Jewish a, that's people a, sweat a uh, This Jewish, this, <laughs> this Jew be sweating. How's that for a new single? <laughs> uh, that's going to be my... I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Just, Man, that's is, a hit right there. It I is, right? It, it already is. It. Will you sing backing on the... No, what am I saying backing? That's I, insulting. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I don't know if I'm allowed to sing that, but... I, with, <laughs> You know, I don't well, this is good. Get <laughs> whatever you allow me to do, I'm down. <laughs> this is already getting weird. <laughs> I can just say the be sweating part. You, yeah. you do the first part. This Jew. Be sweat. There you go. Be sweat. <laughs> be- here we go. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. Oh, Danielle, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me back and of chatting course. with me on Newport. Yeah. You know, yeah. you were definitely on my list to talk at, um, at Lollapalooza, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad Can't that wait. I caught you ahead of that. I live right off of Grant Park in Chicago, oh, which is nice. that, um, that that's where they do Lollapaloozas right mm-hmm. downtown there at Grant Park. So I'm super psyched to, um, to talk to you here mm-hmm. at Newport. And it's yes. been such an amazing year. I've been reading about where you've been and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, this last 12 months have been bonkers incredible. for you incredible i'm playing festivals i've always wanted to play really we played north sea jazz fest bonnaroo newport folk today it's just been i'm just crossing things off my bucket list fantastic so yeah. this was on your bucket list um i love getting artist impressions of newport because it's such a trademark amazing milestone yeah. festival for so many artists everybody i talk to is like oh my god that mm-hmm. what's your uh How's it been? What's your feeling? You're set earlier today, right? Yeah, I just feel like it's an artist festival. When you think about the singer and songwriters who have been on this stage and how much Newport really honors authentic artistry, um, it makes an artist feel comfortable here. Mm. You know, you feel like I can sing my original songs. I, people are going to listen to my lyrics. People are really paying attention to my music. I don't have to have any pyrotechnic flames. I just <laughs> have to you, be well, me. You're saving that for next week at Lala. Even that would though, set, you know, sort I'm of down for that. There. Lala is probably where I got to do I all know, that right? shit. Yeah. Yeah. But and here I'll come, you. I'll, special guest Josh Rosenberg singing this Juby sweating. Yes. Our number one hit coming <laughs> out soon. <laughs> but here it's just like, you know, I did a song just with piano for our set today. Oh, fantastic. And there's not many festivals I would feel comfortable doing that. But here you just feel like you're in your living room. Is it because, um, it, uh, why is that? Like, is it, is, cause I, I can see a couple different factors. There's one, if you've seen what, how s- respectful and quiet mm-hmm. and listening the audience yeah. is, yeah. the active listening that's yeah. going on. Um, it's also sort of the tradition here and what you've heard or known mm-hmm. about it. What is it for you? I, I think it's just, these are real music lovers. These are people who, there, there's a, there's some respect on this, this, uh, festival's name. Because of the from Bob Dylan to Joni Mitchell, the people who have grasped, uh, who have graced the stages here. So one, it just feels amazing to be in that lineage of artists who mm. have been on the stage. Um, and I just think the audience, you know, 
I, I don't know if I should say this, but I guess it's almost like they're looking to discover the next Bob Dylan, the next Joni Mitchell. Yeah. You know, I, you get that sense here. So people are really eager to go to from stage to stage to see who's up next. Yeah. And the <laughs> collaborations here are bonkers, too. Yeah. That's I, your manager. Your, who, who, um, the person that walked me back mm-hmm. here was telling me you wanted to see John Batiste. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, he's an amazing musician. But I'm I think also there's like, going to be a bunch of guests. Yeah, exactly. You want to know. Somebody like, what, says what Stephen Colbert. <laughs> oh, now, really? that, was, oh, so, that sounds yeah. like a long shot because I feel like Stephen Colbert is too rich to be coming out here <laughs> singing in the heat. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be singing, but I mean, that's kind of funny, right? Because they're pals because that's the house band, right? Right. And they were like, he's probably going to be here. And then someone said, Jay, um, James Taylor is here. James Taylor is here. Um, John Oates is here. Margot wow. Price is probably here because she's doing her after show tonight at the Jane oh, Pickett okay, Theater. Okay. Um, yeah, the sky's the limit. I mean, last year, you know, when there was whispers about, well, there was the Paul Simon tribute last year with uh-huh. Nathaniel Rateliff's band. Oh, okay. So they were going to, they came out and started playing covers of Paul Simon. And then, of course, it's such a small community here that, you know, people are getting texting me saying, oh, I knew someone who knew someone who saw someone who saw Paul Simon. Paul so, Simon was here last year? Yes. Wow. Nathaniel Rateliff played like an eight song set of all like the big Paul Simon songs. Um, wow. I was here. I saw. Joni and then he like, then like, and we'd like to bring a special guest on. And he played like four songs with different artists. Rhiannon Giddens uh, played um, an American tune. I think it was. Wow. And then, so they played a, then, then Paul played with a bunch. He did a couple of cuts off of Graceland one or two mm. and then left and came back and encored solo sound of silence. Sounds wow. of silence. It was there was not a dry eye in the house. Oh, so we'll beautiful. see. It'll be special. But J- James Taylor's around. That would be wonderful. I yeah. absolutely love him. Yeah. That wow. would be dope. Um, you have such an amazing personal story. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about, you have a new single that's out. Um, roll the credits. Roll the credits. Mm-hmm. Let's roll the credits. So we're going right to the end. Yeah. Wait, are you telling me to roll the credits on this podcast right now? Or is that the name of the single? <laughs> That's the name of the single. <laughs> I got to get out of here, Josh. Roll the credits. No, that's the name of the single. There's an, another accompanying amazing video with it. Mm. Um, I, I, your your name has been out there for like big time over this last mm. several bunch of years. And when I was finally able to dig in, just absolutely striking music. I'm like, this is someone that I need to know. This is someone that I really want mm. to have on the show or, and just be a, just understand what the story is. And I'm so glad I got an opportunity to, yeah. to look a little bit at your story. And it's so interesting. And then I just briefly, you were in law for quite a while. You were a mm-hmm. public defender. I was, yeah. Um, spurred by what my, occurred yeah. to your, to your brother yeah, my, that was I incarcerated. Mean, yeah. Yeah, my brother was incarcerated. He received a sentence of 20 years to life. And I really became an activist after that. And I was doing a lot of different works and work in nonprofits. And then I just realized that there was some power in having a law degree and being able to advocate for people. Absolutely. So I went and got my law degree and practiced as a public defender. While you were obviously music isn't something that just came yeah. to you overnight i mean yeah. we're loving music from day one almost I'm i sure. was and i started performing out when i was like 20 
Yeah. Um, but I was sing- writing songs since I was like 16. Uh huh. But it just was fun. It was like yeah. a hobby. I never thought I'd be really doing it. Right. And it, it didn't hit me that I would be doing it full time until I was about like 35, 36. Uh huh. And I was like, ooh, this feels too good. <laughs> Gotta do something about There's this. There's nothing so. wrong with something feeling too good. I yeah, guess. yeah, I exactly. If it feels any better, it should be feel a too sin. good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is too good to be true (laughs) and then it's actually coming it's actually true Um, well the timeline so you worked in public defense for 20 years no no Someone else said that in an interview. How yeah, old do you think it might I be am? Out there. I don't know. I'm trying to how back into it without asking you directly years? how old you are, for God's sake. I just don't know. That would mean I graduated law school. Okay. At, I know. Like, I know. I know. I, yes. Yes. God, it means that you would be very old. Not that you, numbers you don't on look me. very old, so I'm going to like. Thank you. You don't look old at all. I practice. Be, I was a public defender for, for about seven years. Seven years. I was only 13 off. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, Danielle, it's been a long day. I'm so glad you like to laugh. I do. It is my You're medicine. Com- we're in yes. good company here. Yes. yes. Um, so it's for seven years. Seven years. And you were were you like gigging also while you were doing this I was. incredibly difficult job of being a public yeah. defender, which is basically for those that you don't know, you're like you're you're defending those against a system that Absolutely. cannot afford um you know, when they say you can have you can call a lawyer, one will be appointed yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. you're the appointee. I am the appointee. And I would tour or I do shows on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I take two weeks off and I would go tour Europe. So I was always still performing. And honestly, it was crazy. I can't believe I lived that life. But then I look at some of the other public defenders who have like three kids and I'm like, I just didn't have any kids. Yeah, you were. So well, you were traveling more, but it's like, yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. different response. I don't think maybe you, it'd be really hard to do if you had had kids and do that whole thing. Then it's like it's it. insane. Yeah, I, I would not that'd be, be insane. Doing it. All right, yeah. let's not go there. Let's go to actually what happened. <laughs> um, but wow, c- kudos to you for do, for doing both. Yeah, thank you. And I, I love that because um, you know I pursued like a straight career for for a long really? time. Yeah, I studied international politics oh, and wow, I lived. Okay. In, I went did it at NYU. Nice. Um, you live in you live in Rochester. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I lived in New York for ten years, mm-hmm. and you know I've I've always loved music. Worked in radio um, mm. early on in my college career, and studied guitar for a little bit, but always just absolutely had this incredible love for music. And then way down the road, when I finally realized you got to do what your real passion is. Yeah. You know. Amen. You can have a bunch of passions. You can. But, I mean, there is something that really kind of drives you, and then at some point you're like, if I don't do this, I'm gonna fucking yeah. die or yeah. what you know it's like I something's mean, gonna I, happen i had asked myself if i was on my deathbed would i regret not giving it a full try right. and that was an unequivocal yes yeah so it was a no-brainer well you're clearly that. gifted enough to have balanced two things at once and have yeah i feel lucky because i can um i love so many different things mm-hmm. you can feel passionate about so many different things that's why i love doing interviews because i meet so many people with different stories that i find yeah. incredibly fascinating yeah. and i find like the the thing the shine everyone's got this their this kernel inside them of like mm-hmm. that 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 that's what really drives them yeah and i find all those things really interesting mm-hmm. um and that's why i love to do what i do but yeah it's about finding that passion it is and i think i i'm, I'm really grateful that i get to be on earth really f- living my purpose 
Like, I love that every day I get to do what I love. Not that it's not hard, not that there's not challenges, but, you know, I never think about doing anything else. Like, Mm. I just know in my bones and my blood and my skin that this is what I was meant to do. Was there a struggle at that one point? What did that kind of transition? You said that obviously you were going to Europe for a Mm -hmm. couple weeks, coming back and playing Mm -hmm. taking personal time, clearly, um, and then coming back and playing. But when was that moment when you were like, holy shit, I cannot, I either A, can't do this anymore, these two things, or B, I have to do the music thing. It it just was like we were getting more bookings. We weren't even like really asking for any bookings. We were getting gigs. We were growing in our fan base and it just felt like I couldn't maintain both of them it was just getting too busy um and then I actually left twice I left first in 2018 the pandemic hit and I went back 2021 by then I had signed a record deal um Mm. and and I felt like I had all of the supports to give this a real big shot so I did and uh it paid off it's paying off yeah was there any moment where you were like you know I'm just going to do public defense <laughs> the questions will get harder for me. when i started being a public defender i said i know one day i'll, I'll do music full time but it was just the courage to you know make it happen yeah yeah what did that feel like oh god it felt so freeing um, it's a very stressful job, you know, and you take home your clients, you know, you take your clients issues and struggles yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and the system is completely broken and unfair. Um, so it's not only hard being a public defender, but it's hard being a black person working in the system, watching your community be really um, just oppressed by this institution day yeah. in and day out. Yeah. So it was just the a black lot. community nationwide has just been ravaged by a horrible criminal justice system. That's yeah, so yeah. weighed against I, absolutely. everyone. I, I firmly believe that. And it, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, and people just don't understand who's in our criminal justice system. They think everyone is a murderer and rapist and right. over 80 percent of the arrests in this country are for minor offenses. And the majority of people I were represent, I was representing, it was for minor offenses. Um, but you just see poor people that being brought able. into the system, like some type of, it, it, it just, it's just like a conveyor belt of injustice, one after the other. It's really is it sad. about? Is it about individuals that don't have the financial resources? Um, are bias if there's a bias against them in the way that they're represented um, because if they're there for minor offenses they yeah. should have somebody with a modicum of legal background to yeah, be able to get them off how does that yeah but the problem I is don't dis- i mean don't get me wrong i don't dispute any of that yeah, but i'm yeah. just trying to understand a little bit i mean more. It, it, multiple things right it depends on your record so we people <laughs> yeah. get punished over and over for things they've done in the past so let's say you stole ten dollars from walmart if you are dealing with drug addiction and you've had 20 other times you stole from Walmart, you could do a year in jail and they're going to want to go to trial on that $10 that you stole from Walmart. Yeah. Um, so that's one reason why you see people still going to jail, even though it's minor offenses. And there, there are reasons why people do those kind of minor offenses. Yeah. They got three kids at home and didn't have any money. And the thing is, and I've said this to a judge, if we sent him to jail the last 10 times, why do we think it's going to work on the 11th time? 
obviously he needs to be in a real uh, rehabilitation center right. to help with his addiction. So we're never getting to the root of the problem. Um, I think the other thing is, is that especially when you're talking about black clients, is that there is a bias that black people are inherently criminal. So judges have no issue punishing people because they believe, well, you did something small now, but you'll probably do something big later. So when you look at a person and see criminality, then it doesn't matter how small the offense is. Yeah. Um, you're really punishing them to, for being black. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In many ways. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tell me like one success story where you were able to defend someone successfully and that sort of changed their life. Um, you know, I had a client. Well, I, I, I had a um, attempted murder trial that we won. And, you know, this was a younger kid who um, was defending himself against his stepfather. Uh, and that was an amazing moment but i'm really proud of this moment where i had a young kid who was charged with possessing marijuana mm -hmm. crazy to think of now yeah really um i might be possessing marijuana right now <laughs> don't tell anybody <laughs> exactly. i mean not in my system but like maybe I mean, in my system, you know, for a little later definitely that is currently in my system okay good for you but um it's legal here hey you got to perform right exactly yeah. <laughs> oh is it legal in rhode island uh, oh shit we in Rhode Island well we'll delete that from the podcast uh, and uh, of all people you well know that ignorance of the law is not a defense excuse right <laughs> oh man but so long story short my yeah. client was stopped by the police for failing to use the sidewalk what? and this is something people white people and people in the suburbs don't realize that they're just trying to just Yes. Can lasso a you bunch won't of believe black the reasons people, people have throw been them stopped. Jail. Exactly. It's bullshit. It, this is the, the black codes of the Reconstruction Era South. They still exist. Um, but my client said he was walking on the sidewalk. He was like, I was actually walking on the sidewalk. Right. So we had a hearing to determine whether or not they had probable cause to stop him. This is surreal, right. actually. Do you like, have surreal oh, yeah. moments where I can't believe I'm trying to... I'm, right. Jesus. So without that infraction, they can't stop him, and then they can't search him, and then they right. don't never find the weed, right? Right. My client was so afraid to testify because these cops have been harassing him, his family. These are cops in Rochester are basically a rogue mob, and you can quote me on that. Yeah. Um, but he got on the stand, and he was so awesome he was only 19 years old oh. um and he told his story and the case ended up getting thrown out and i just it was just a beautiful moment because it's rare the system works that well where the the mechanisms in place actually worked i was able to put the cop on the stand i was able to put my client on the stand and the fourth amendment says no unlawful search and seizure yeah. and we were able to use the fourth amendment to get his case thrown away. But the, did the cop have to... All right, we're getting really into it now. Mm -hmm. But did the cop have to admit that he that the kid no, no, was no. not He just on had the to sidewalk? be more believable than the kid. And the, he wasn't. And there were actually <laughs> okay. two... Because it's a jury trial. It was actually just or the it's judge. a hearing. A hearing. A hearing. Okay, so sorry. just the judge. And we right. had a very, right. like, you know, black male judge who, who gets it. Yeah. Um. So that's what I loved about it is usually we say, oh, God, they're not going to believe you over the cop. But my client was just so honest and so heartfelt and also shared his fears about even testifying. And it was undeniable, wow. you know, so wow. 
And then, of course, both of the cops testified. So it was easy to get when two people are testifying and they're both lying. Someone's going to mess up. Right. So anyway, long story short, you can't you can't reconstruct a reality that never occurred. Exactly. People do exactly the same. Yes, sir. You know about that. Yes. Put put them in two different rooms and you're going to get something. Exactly. I've I've watched crime shows. (laughs) He's watched Law and Order. (laughs) I actually have never done that. I just read I just read the newspapers <laughs> or whatever they're called now. The news apps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Times and the Post and et cetera. Good for you. Are you paying that dollar a week subscription? I don't know what it is. I'll pay whatever they want. It's the New York Times and the Washington Post. I read them religiously. I want to read the New York Times more. Yeah. The and, app's great. Um, yeah, I just never gave up the four dollars. Oh, you read a hard copy newspaper? I haven't touched a news I haven't touched no, news. I mean like on your years. phone, but they'll be like, You gotta pay for this. Oh. And then I'll just go to CNN and what was this about? <laughs> oh, my God. OK. For I'm fans sorry. of Daniel Ponder, please buy more merch so she can read the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. We'll talk about the music for just a half a second. I mean, I don't have to. I'll talk about whatever you want. Danielle. this is okay. absolutely right. delightful. I'm having a great time. But roll the credits. Mm-hmm. Spirituality and finding God. So you're re- you're a religious. You're a God believer I mean, person. I'm, I'm kind of not. But I want to hear about it. It's actually about drugs, psilocybin. <laughs> is it really? That's not how you found so God. So that's your, that's your God? I love God. God is nature to me. Um, oh, okay. I love that. I'm glad I asked. It I makes like, the most sense. I'm not going to touch that, but okay. We come from the earth. We go back to the earth. Yeah. So church to me would be taking a hike or even being underneath a tree or listening to birds. Every moment, the God that I worship, which is nature shows itself to me and when i took psilocybin mushrooms in salt lake city it showed itself to me even more so for my mother i put this song is about god (laughs) oh my god this This is is the bigger story oh my god um, i don't think she'll be listening to your podcast so oh that's too bad yeah i'm gonna try to find out who she is and tell her to listen (laughs) now no Sorry, mom. We're yeah. just mushrooms. We like shiitake yeah. and all kinds of you just know, a good old portobello mushroom. The portobellos, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why Salt Lake City? We were doing We're a doing... show there, uh, and right. it just it opened up something in me that really helped me fall in love with myself. And you know, I think God, as I said, is in every living, breathing organism, um, and so. You know, I don't know about no man sitting up in the sky. Right. I don't necessarily I don't see that. that. Yeah. But I do see the beauty and the things around us. Even what I did today, the voice that I'm using and the way people connect and send love back to me is God. And so I'm not on my knees begging for him to show up or her to show up. I see them every day. And so to me, that's God. It's the interconnectivity kind of of everything. And yeah. They, they, God, you, know, yeah. you can still believe that. I mean, I believe there's like a logic in how things are kind of connected. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting sort of background as to the way that your life evolves and occurs. And, yeah. you know, I think humans want to draw some type of order. Mm-hmm. But do you agree with, do you think like, and does nature make it more orderly for you? Or is, that, is it that kind of um, that beautiful chaos? explain what you mean 
Um, well, we're looking for order, right? When we're looking for a god or some kind of. Are we looking for expo- order? Or are we expo- looking for? Well, maybe it's more purpose. like an explanation and purpose. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that I don't know. I'm not the order thing. I have no agenda in saying that it's a, <laughs> that it's order or something like that. But. Or you um, want to believe expo- you just not an, on here? An explanation. Yeah. You know, like we're looking, I guess order people are could looking make for sense. answers a little mm-hmm. bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I, just, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this, mm-hmm. but um, looking for answers and looking like, what is the meaning? You know, yeah. um, I look at it in everyday life and what we're, what we're here doing. I look inward into what I want to accomplish yeah. and what yeah. I feel is the most important yeah. things for yeah. me. Mm. And that's how I sort of move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we kind of got plopped down here and no one told us anything. <laughs> so, you know, the first figure humans, it out and make the best of it. Yeah. When yeah. you look at indigenous religions, there's a God of thunder. There's a God that represents the ocean. There's a God that represents the sun in many indigenous religions because we looked around and said, well, look at that big, powerful thing. Maybe that's our God. Yeah. Or look at that thing. Right. So, yeah, I'm not religious in the traditional sense maybe i'm not even spiritual in the traditional sense but i just think uh god is in everything interesting yeah beautiful um roll the credits well we after we finished that song we was like this need to be in the motherfucking movie (laughs) (laughs) so we arrogantly titled it roll the credits awesome that's amazing that's amazing and hopefully it will be yeah yeah i love the vibe i love the music i love the production it just like feels like you're so in this other world and i yeah, just now thank i you. and i can super appreciate being yeah. in, in that world luca now, Buccioletti thanks so much that. who luca Buccioletti. he's Buccioletti. worked with parts a lot of del rey yeah he's a beast amazing. we did a song how'd you guys connect day. we worked on my album with me um, and this song we just went over and in one day we wrote it and it was like, fuck, this is really good. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a real uh real pleasure talking this to you. Was really fun. This is so much fun. Let's hang for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what else we want to talk about? How uh, you been doing? I've been doing great. This has been an amazing festival for me. Good. This is like my eighth interview of the day. I had like five yesterday. I'm talking to a lot of different artists, young, old, mm-hmm. new, uh, been here before rookies, you know, so it's, let me ask it's you been this absolutely question. great. Yeah. What do you think about the Republican Party now? Oh my God, it's completely fucking gone crazy and haywire. And the the ultra right is actually just taking over that party. It's insane. For real. And they're kicking Marjorie Green out of their own ultra conservative party because she's so fucking whack. Right. Like and like she did something like unfathomable, some bullshit about Hunter Hunter Biden and that yeah, committee, and, and now naked, they're kicking naked her pictures of him. Oh my God, I think it's like it's it's disgusting and appalling, but. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's this country has been the ultra right conservatives that are espousing um, conspiracy theories and their ultra conservative exclusionary politics have been given license to talk like that by the orange fucking asshole. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely really, really just. In so many different ways, it's absolutely screwed up this country in so many different ways. I don't know if we can ever come back. I mean, we are 
we are going to have those Supreme Court justices for decades to come. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I, I hate to say this, but I have friends who would say, well, Hillary is just like Trump. They're just the same people. And I'm, I just want to say to them, look, now, now tell me this. Do you still think Hillary's just like Trump? Yeah. If we had her in office, we would not have the Supreme Court justices we that didn't we take had. It, people didn't take it seriously enough in 2016. They're like, oh, I don't really like Hillary. This guy will be fine. Oh yeah. My yeah. Oh, Let's my God. He's circle completely, back to them and try to figure it out. I mean, America has always had has deep, deep problems, um, but he's definitely just, God, changed the nature of our political discourse in a way that's so disheartening. And unfortunately, there's so many people who are struggling and feeling isolated. It's so easy for them to get caught up in these conspiracy theories. And I'm talking about black people, too. Yeah. No. I'm having conversations with a lot of black men that are like my brother is one of them. But we're not I feel like we're not talking about that group of people enough. And I'm nervous that they're kind of there and definitely could be voting in certain ways. I think the educated populace likes to ignore that there are people who are not as educated yeah, and don't yeah. want us think in a certain... But the and thing it's, is, it's hard to recognize. It's hard when we say all we got to do is sit down with other people and listen to them. That was old school politics. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think we need people to be well. We need them to have living wages. We need them to be able to do jobs that they love. We need them to feel like there's purpose in their life. When people aren't doing well, I really think they cling to these... I have a family member who is, believes in QAnon and this person is really struggling in their life and he found some sense of community and some sense of power because one thing about conspiracy theories, they feel like theorists, they feel like they're telling you something you don't know. Now imagine you work a trash ass job, make it $9 an hour, you come home, ain't nothing going on there and you get a moment to tell you about how they cloned the Pope. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the it's the ultimate gaslighting power move. Yes. Is, is the it's, it's, a, it's about access is, to power or feeling. It's also about feeling empowered because yes. like now you're creating this own. Re- you're, you're basically reconstructing reality in yes. a way and just creating stories that kind of give you a le- certain level of comfort yes. in your own craziness. Yes. And relevance like really and purpose. So when this bizarre. person comes to me and says, no, they actually did it. They, they uh, child pornography, da, 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 da. I'm looking at them like, wow, this is someone who needs meaning. And this is giving him a sense of meaning, a sense of, I know something that no one knows. These would be fringy elements if it weren't for Trump espousing. He's the biggest gaslighter that's ever existed in this country, pretty much, except for my (laughs) ex-wife. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, y'all. Sorry about that. I may or may not have that. Talk about it. No way. <laughs> now, how long were you married? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. How long were you married? <sighs> you can say the number. It won't kill you. I know. You're right. You're right. Oh, I mean like your age? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just said get my age right. Okay. Um, I was married for 17 years. 17 years? Yeah. Well, you graduated and you moved on. I did. And it was... Um, I was, I'm really glad that I did. And I didn't realize how bad it was when mm. I was in it. You know, yep. I'd struggled a lot with codependency and yeah. I wasn't really the same person. And I tell the people that know me now, this is, I've been divorced for 10, 12 years. I tell that to people that know me now. And, um, 
they're like, what? Really, Josh? Like, mm. you're such like the guy who just like puts himself out there and, and does what he does. And I just don't see you being like, yeah, because I worked on my fucking ass. Good for you. Good because for I you. got out of this thing and I never wanted to get out of it because I love my kids so much. Mm. And I, I have three kids. I'm a child of divorce. I wanted to stay at home. I did mm. everything that I possibly could to mm. stay within that marriage. And I was not happy. I was not the person that I wanted to be. And once I left, I was able to, to oh, become... Man eventually understand those wounds that i had suffered um because i had been codependent you understood it without the divorce do you feel like no no had, i was yeah, i was mar- yeah. I, I married a codependence um traditionally and unfortunately married uh narcissist quite Ooh, frequently yeah someone yeah. who needs someone that depends on them and gives up their own kind of thing for the benefit of that and that's very complicated mm. because i was willing to do that because i had a family and i had children and i had been a child of divorce and i'm a very loving affectionate caring amazing dad mm. and i was and i always did that and i gave the kids everything that i could in that regard not that i'm saying that if i got when i got divorced that stopped happening it yeah. did not stop happening i was still that dad i didn't move i didn't leave i was in town i was right yeah. there i had a big enough house for them all to stay and i had joint custody um, but I hesitated to do that. But once I learned that I can leave, I can be divorced and I can leave, mm-hmm. um, and still be a great dad and I can yeah. create that Amen. life that I want to create for my kids, but not have to be in this marriage that I felt was toxic for me. Yeah. Um, that's when I kind of made that jump Good for and you. then I could, and I worked on really hard. I have had a life coach since like um, two months after I, we decided to separate. Damn. Um, and, uh, Yeah. Um, it's been a, it's been a struggle, but you know, once you, you got to recognize that thing about yourself and not be ashamed to say it. And that's cool. I was talking yeah. to Jamie Wyatt earlier, um, Nashville singer. She's just wonderful. She's through and through her own struggles, mm-hmm. but now she really pounds the table about not being ashamed of who you are. Amen. Um, from a sexual orientation standpoint, she suffered with addiction. Um, and she, you know, being able to put that out there and have other people, have the benefit of that. I don't, I'm, I'm not an artist in that respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's why I respect so much artists that can create their own, um, uh, their own vibe yeah. and put that out there in an artistic way. And music mm-hmm. is the most beautiful way for me to do that. It's the most exclusive and it brings so many people together and that energy exchange and everything that's, that's involved in live performance, especially bringing mm-hmm. all those people together in mm-hmm. that special moment. Um, but having that thing inside of you and being able to, release it R- release yeah. it and, and understanding what you have about and, it yeah. yeah and forgiving yourself for being forgiving prior yourself. kind of being fucked up a little Ooh, bit I, my niece was just talking about that how important it is to forgive yourself how important it is and you're moving on you know what it is you can only um you do the best you can with what you have that's right so when i look back and i go why the fuck did i even do this well first of all i've got kids like I mm-hmm. love my kids. I would never that 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 I have kids. But it's sad it's you like, missed our show I, because we talk about this. Uh, Half of my album is about my me, breakup. It wasn't intentional about uh, mm-hmm. missing the show. I he was wasn't doing at interview. our show, y'all. Was, <laughs> FYI. Yeah, okay. because people, I was doing interviews for my fucking show. That happens. We, I came in here talking, and we got Jason Isbell playing on the main stage right behind <laughs> us this whole time. And I'm just taking up so much of his time. No hell no. This but is a I'm total. Happy I love this that because I Thank think. You. You know, for me as an artist, I went through a breakup, nothing like what you went through with kids. But for me, it was a, and we had the same dynamic of codependency 
versus who narcissism. Was the, who and was I the won't what? tell you who was what. Get out. Because oh. I'm in therapy <laughs> and I'm working on it. But Oh, you you were the man you were the me in that one. I already know that. No, I don't know if I was uh, no. Really? Here's what I won't say I was the narcissist. But I No, was, I wasn't the narcissist. No, I know. You yeah. were the codependent. Yes. Right. So let's just say let's never date because <laughs> it'll be divorce round God two. God damn it. And I've been hanging around here for so long because I was going to like. I know. But I think because I, I don't like to use the word narcissist. I think I'm spoiled. I'm the youngest child. And I'm uh, used to my older brothers. How many kids? Seven. Um, siblings? Seven siblings? Yeah. Second um, to youngest. How was your relationship with your parents? Well, my dad spoiled me. And, you know, I was his favorite daughter. Were they together the whole time? Together the whole time. Uh-huh. So I don't have anything about got to be together. Mm-mm, yeah, I got to think about that. For me, but so, I told did, you I was a kid so did my ex. He got he was a child of divorce. Ah. So he it was hard for him to let go. Mm. And he tried so hard, tried so hard to make me happy, tried so hard to do the right thing. And I had to get out to save both of us. You mm. know, I felt like. Oh no, I can just, I can run you rugged. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're willing to give anything. And I'm so busy in my other life that I was just taking, you know, what I needed when I got back. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that without, without appreciation, without much respect. And Mm. I can honestly say this now. And so I am learning. I don't need that type of person in my life. Yeah, and I don't need to be who who I was in a relationship, but I also I hate to say this, but I know that the, our personality just. When no. did the, when did divorce occur in the in the um uh, along the spectrum of your career? We didn't get divorced. We were just together for six years. Oh, okay, which felt my like bad. A fucking I didn't even lifetime. ask if you were married. Um, you but were together for how long? Six years, and uh, he's the most beautiful, kind. Oh. amazing man those are nice things to say about yeah. your former partner but we weren't compatible oh. we weren't compatible that's really hard that's almost harder than if someone's a complete asshole to leave them, i know right? sharon jones said it how do i let a good man down <laughs> that's exactly how i felt yeah <laughs> did you have a little bit of the i'm an artist and i gotta do this shit and like everyone else has got to fall by the wayside because i gotta do yeah. my thing yeah maybe not intentionally yeah. about the wayside stuff but like it takes a lot of determination and a lot of um, oh, determination. I don't yeah. have another one in there. I don't <laughs> want to say that I think most artists are narcissists. I'm not going to say that. But I think many artists are self-absorbed because we spend so much time around our stories, our lives. And then we get a team that spends the time around our stories, our lives. And we get a band that plays the music to our stories, our lives. And you get fans lives. that want to hear about your stories and your yes, lives. And like, child. that's what it's all about. And yes. It's so a little we, bit of an element of, it's almost, it's almost necessary, but it can, can, that, those kind of things that are not good in a relationship yeah, because they don't teach you how to be collaborative and mm-hmm. share as much mm-hmm. with somebody else. Yeah. Those are the things that people want to know about you. Right. And then everyone reinforces that because that's kind of your persona. You have yeah. to put yourself out there. You have to be the focus. And then I'm very focused on my goals and what I want and not so much on what this person wants. Yeah. It almost feels, especially as a woman, I think it feels like, well, I'm not going to cater to you and I have a career. Right. You know what I mean? So we're not even taught as women how to, 
I should say as new wave feminist women, it's, I don't know how to say I need to also pay attention to you because I was thinking, focus on your career and don't ever think you have to give any attention to a man. Right. Right. And I know some people are going to think that sounds, um, I don't know, backwards or whatever. But the point is there's nuance to all shit. And like, how can I focus on my career and still achieve but also be present and grounded with someone who needs me in a relationship. I haven't figured that shit out. And you know what? That's why I'm minding my motherfucking business and I'm staying single. <laughs> do I you just, try though? Or do you even care? Or is it kind of just like, you know what? When I find the right person that can, can kind of like, I can pay attention to them and they're not as, they're not threatened by my fame or my career or how much I have to focus on my own self just to do what I need to yeah. do. Uh, I, you know, what is that like say, to like have to kind of wait for that person to come along? I'm I'm single now. I don't like I'm like, you know, I Bro, have a couple listen, people that I date that that I that I, I went that on I my like, last but, date. I'm done. I'm done for at least a year. Yeah. I, I went on a few I dated a few people and I just realized I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this. Right. And I got a lot of shit to work on. And the next person I really want to be a good person for them because I've healed many issues that I have. Yeah, you're doing the work on yourself. Yeah, I just don't think I'm ready because I still have issues. Not that issues are going to go away completely, but I still know I'm not showing up the best I can in relationships right now. How can you balance it with the career that you have? I ain't got time for it. That's what I'm telling you right now. Like, I don't want to, because it takes so much work for me to be present in a relationship, I don't have the time. I want to write an album right now. So in due time, I think it will come. But I just want to, I want to give someone respect and attention and unconditional love. And I just have always treated my partners like the side project. (laughs) Yeah, I've always been, I'm a lawyer and I'm an artist and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. So I don't know. I just, I want to do better, but I'm not ready to do the, to do that deep 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 work yeah that's interesting i mean i think like when you've actually you have to kind of have faith that as long as you're you need well first of all you need to become the person that you want to become and the best person that you can be or else the next partner you're going to have an issue with as well how popular is this podcast because i'm I'm like damn it's about to get more popular danielle (laughs) you better not post this shit if i get famous you better not be like, oh, y'all want to hear this one. <laughs> I'm going to post it tomorrow. Like, this is I should do. I should have done one live with you. This is amazing. <laughs> this is so much fun. This is the kind of shit that I love to talk about. I told you what I what you know what we do. What yeah. I do. That's I what feel I like do. We could you know I can come on again and we can talk about all types of other shit. Totally, we can do a part two at Lala if you're bored. Just have your people to contact me. <laughs> I know telling all my business but honestly that's what i do all the time on stage i bet i bet oh wait yeah because you were saying it's too bad i missed your set so tell me about what you're what what are you going out and like talking about things i talk about my breakup personal bombs and stuff absolutely i talk about my breakup i talk about having an affair (laughs) at 24 with a married man oh shit i talk about Oh, I don't know. He was 26 or Fucking something. Fucking around with married people is the worst. Is a it's the person. worst, but he was so fine. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, there is a reason why people do it. 
but it was stupid, right? I was 24 and I thought they would like break up and he would be with me. Really got my heart broken. Well, people do that once and then if they're smart, they don't do it again. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's no fun. Um, so I talked about that. I talk about, you know, my issues with anxiety. And I have to tell you, the more I talk about anxiety and dealing with that, the less it's become a pro- it's been a problem in my life. It's yeah, anxiety is kind of like that. The more you kind of look at it and talk about mm-hmm. it, it kind of it, it you begin to realize that it's okay to talk about having anxiety. Yeah, like I have anxiety yeah. about a lot of different things, but once I kind of say that I have anxiety, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like oh, you yeah, can kind of take a breath exactly. and go, oh. It's okay that I'm kind of nervous about this. Why is that? Yeah. Why am I yeah. shitting my pants because to get to the airport or run to go over mm-hmm, here? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fine, dude. It's fine every yeah. fucking time. Yeah. And you're gonna be okay. It's and another level. It's another level of self acceptance yeah. too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of what we tell ourselves. If you have some anxious thinking happening, you say you're such an idiot. Why are you thinking like this? Da 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 da. Then it just becomes so worse. It, it becomes worse. But when you have anxious thinking and you are an observer of it yeah. and you say, I I like to like name my anxiety, like call him Fred or something like, oh, OK, Fred, <laughs> you're doing the most today. Actually, Fred, you, whatever. What it don't matter. Fred, right, Marty. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's like, yeah, you name it so you can say, OK. So when it shows up again, you can go fuck off, Fred. Yeah. Right? And it's also outside of you. And I think that's the, you know, in a lot of Buddhist philosophy this this idea yes, of yes, yes, not yes, being yes. so attached to your thoughts right your mind is a crazy yes. fucking monkey it's a bitch and man. you gonna let that crazy monkey pull your attention every time right or you gonna say oh okay this is what you're doing right. i woke up the other day and i started feeling like oh my god why am i feeling so sad and i just said oh uh-uh go ahead and do that but i'm not i'm not joining you and yes. so to me it's like letting these things, let them pass by. Don't right. join them. Don't the hook moment. on to them. Be in the moment. Exactly. Don't Come have back regret the about moment. the past or have fear about the future. Yeah. You got to kind of like be like here and now in yes. this moment. Yeah. That prevents a lot of anxiety. And I have yes. been working on that a lot mm-hmm. um, as part of my own process, including that the codependency stuff that I had spoken about before, but like not fucking yourself up over shit you did in the past right like right. it's it's and and i'm talking like big stuff too like that's okay like as i said before um you can only do you were only able to do the best you could with what you had at that point with right the best you could with what you right, had right exactly. it's like oh now had i only known then what i know now oh yeah. poor sob story let me drink no more reason. alcohol you it's know just no fucking reason right but it's hard to, to come self-loathing to uh, hate yes, on yourself yes, yes. you gotta wake up with yourself every morning it's the only person you're guaranteed to wake up with yeah your voice inside your head is a voice you're gonna hear all the time so why not make it beautiful and why not make it kind and just don't give a fuck because everyone got some shit right i just remind everybody myself got some shit. that everybody got some shit with them Right. Everybody got things they're not proud of. Everyone has things they feel guilty about. Everyone has mistakes that they made. So who am I to think I need to be perfect? Yeah. I'm just a human being having a human experience. And that's the gift. Yes. That's the gift. No matter what happens. I right. got in a car accident the other day. It was a very small fender bender. Uh-huh. But it's still the gift. The gift is that I get to be here. And because I love that so much. Exactly. I take whatever the ebb and the flow of life sign me fucking up 
Because I tell you one thing, I'd um, rather be up here than six feet under. Come on, y'all. Take a deep breath with us. Let's That's go. right. <laughs> this is Danielle and Josh on the Meditational Podcast, yes. live from New York, New, Newport Folk yes. Festival. So nice of you to join us. <laughs> okay, I got to take a nap. But this has been awesome. Oh, this has been lovely. Thanks so much, Danielle, for being here. Um, I am so psyched that we were able to talk. It's just amazing. Me too. And I'm wishing you I the best in everything. I got to put my glasses back on. I got too relaxed. Mm-hmm. Your most recent album, Some of Us Are Brave. Mm-hmm. Now it's all making sense. Yeah. It's all making sense. I hope it makes sense to everyone that's been listening mm-hmm. because this has been. Brave. This has been a ride. <laughs> this has been a ride. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in Chicago next week. Absolutely. Lollapalooza. I appreciate you. This has been an amazing conversation, Danielle. Really one of my most favorite interviews I've ever done. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Your little comfy digs back here. Yes. That's why I'm just talking forever because I'm like, I can just sit here. I've dried off and it's just fantastic. Mm. (laughs) uh, Thanks, Danielle. Thanks so much for being on Roadcase. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, that was Danielle Ponder uh, just hanging out with me in her green room at Newport Folk Festival. It was the last interview of the day on Saturday, and uh, yeah, we really just had a great time. I was so glad that she had a good sense of humor. We had so many great laughs in that interview, as you heard. Uh, We really, really got into it. Um, I don't know if I've ever sort of connected in that way with an artist that I've interviewed on this show, uh, primarily because, you know, what I found out is that she talks a lot about things that I work on in my own life during her set. It's part of her music. It's part of her ethos, self-acceptance, self-love, living in the moment, forgiving oneself. That's why she has so many fans that identify with her uh, that come to her show to hear her talk, that list to listen to her music, that identify with those type of values that by which Danielle lives her life. And, you know, it's never really complete as a journey. Uh, we're always working on ourselves. I talked a lot about how I'm working on my own self, how I accept myself for what I've gone through in my life, uh, my relationship, uh, my former marriage, why I got out of that, uh, how I've been working on myself since then. And a lot of what I've been working on myself sort of touches upon a lot of uh, the subjects and issues that Danielle talks about. So it was really great to connect with her on that sense and to mm, really be in the moment in this conversation and um, learn a lot about uh, Danielle as an artist and as a human. And it was just, you know, it's nice always just to connect with another human who's um, also working on themselves. And uh, we found a lot of common ground, uh, not the least of which is a sense of humor and a willingness to laugh and be silly and have a good time and crack a few jokes. And um, uh, it was just really wonderful. I really enjoyed that, had such a great time with Danielle, and I thank her again for being on Roadcase and sharing so much about her and uh, also for bringing me out a little bit in that sense of uh, how I revealed myself 
a lot of the things that I struggle with during that interview, really one of my favorite interviews that I've done here. Thanks to Danielle for that. Uh, Danielle's 2022 album, Some of Us Are Brave, is just really absolutely wonderful and a phenomenal work. Uh, so glad that that's out there. She has a new single out, Roll the Credits. It's just absolutely wonderful. Talked about how um, that's about God, but God is nature for her. And she was tripping on shrooms in Salt Lake City. And go see, go watch the video is all I've got to say about that one. But uh, just a really wonderful interview. So glad that I was able to talk to Danielle. Uh, she's engaging and entertaining and just a, just a fun human. Uh, really glad to know her as an artist and be able to share uh, that type of intimate conversation with all of my amazing Roadcase audience. Thanks so much for being here for this special episode. This is part one of the Newport Folk series of interviews that I'm doing. There'll be four more parts, uh, five parts in total, and then we'll move on to the interviews that I did at Lollapalooza with a number of amazing artists there as well. Uh, the Newport Folk series will be coming out the next week, and then after that will be Lollapalooza. Really glad to have you along. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your support of Roadcase. I want to send a very, very special and warm thank you to my friend Daniel Ponder for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Roadcase Pod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. 